Welcome to So Here's the Thing, where we share candid conversations that lift the veil on what it takes to find success, even if that means sharing a few unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Leili Amati. Grab some coffee or a cocktail, and let's get real. Hello, friends. I hope that you are having a wonderful end of 2021, or if you're listening to this at the very beginning of 2022, Happy New Year. I am so excited about this episode because I love talking about goal setting. I love a fresh start. I love anytime there's like a blank page in a planner, I will attack it. I will color code all the things and set beautiful goals. And I think all of those things are so important. But this step of auditing the last year, the previous year, is something that a lot of people avoid. And I'm here to hopefully get your mind moving, get your wheels turning about the importance of doing kind of a year-end self-audit and business audit, even if it's something really casual, even if it's not like you know, crazy spreadsheets and lots of data, which I am all about. But for this episode, I'm going to give you like a few questions, a few exercises to run yourself through. You can literally do this. You can write it down. You can just think it over. You can just kind of get your wheels turning and hopefully see some trends that will help you set really awesome goals for the coming year. So I am just going to talk through three things that you should be thinking about when you're looking back on a previous year, when you're doing like a year end audit, like I do, that can really get you set up for success. Now there is a lot you can do here. So the fact that I'm limiting it to three things, I want to make sure that I'm not overwhelming anybody who's listening if this is kind of intimidating. But if you are all about this life and you're really excited to do like a full year end audit, there are a lot of things out there that you can take a look at in terms of data and just doing like really deep dives and like really deep analysis of the way that your business was running. But for those of you out there who are listening to this and you're like, I just, I just want to do kind of a really nice overview, see what happened, see what worked, what didn't work of last year. This is for you. We are going to make sure that we're honing in on the things that will kind of show you where your business is thriving and maybe where your business could use a little love. All right, the first thing we're going to talk about is a front-facing part of your business versus kind of more back-end stuff that we're going to talk about for the next two. But this front-facing part of your business is actually going to be evaluating your client experience. And the best way that I've found to do this, and I again, everybody is very different, but I am a very visual person. So the best way that I've found to do this is to find a blank wall or or take down some picture frames and make a blank wall, grab a bunch of post-its, and I want you to actually lay out, physically write down and lay out every touch point and every step of your client's journey. So what I mean by that is I want you to actually write down like every time you send an email to a client, any type of interaction or step in your process and workflow. And I want you to put that in linear order on the wall. And that way you're going to be able to visually find any kind of gaps. You're going to be able to take a step back, look at the process and identify maybe ways that you can improve it. So for example, if you take a step back and you're looking at the entire process and you're able to identify like, oh, I remember that between these two touch points or these two points of communication, I get a lot of questions that I actually answer later down the line of the client journey. 
And that's a really good indicator and a really good red flag that maybe you need to add in more information into one of those touch points or add in an additional touch point or communication point in between those two and find and identify trouble spots that you can fill. Or vice versa, you could look at the whole client journey as a whole and say, okay, I remember that there's just kind of a pattern where between these three points of contact, I think I'm contacting my client way too much and I'm being a little bit redundant or there's just a lot that I could cut out here. And maybe you can consolidate those points of contact into one or into fewer than there actually were laid out in your post-its. And so it's a really nice way to visually see you know, what your client journey looks like for your client and how you can streamline that SOP or that standard operating procedure or that workflow for your clients. And one other thing I'll challenge you to do here is to maybe find not just trouble spots, but maybe places where you could add in a little bit of surprise and delight for each client. Maybe you can find places to spoil your client a little bit more and give them just a more positive client experience. So when they walk away, they become your raving fans and they become a huge client advocate for you and for your business and a really, really great word of mouth referral. So I would challenge you to find ways where you can just kind of better that client experience a little bit, streamline it, and just revisit what it's been like over the past year for your clients to work with you. So that's the first thing. The second thing we're going to look at is more of the back end of your business. And the first thing I start with here is my calendar. And I talk a lot about goal setting, about time management, about setting your schedule for success. I have resources all in my shop for you guys, and I love talking about this. I get really hyped about it. But I have found that in the past, I kind of avoid this step. And I'm going to tell you why as we talk about it. So I like to look back at my calendar and identify areas of overwhelm with workload, with how many clients I've taken on, with how or whatever has happened month to month. And the way that I do this is I actually keep a pretty detailed planner and a Google calendar. So that helps a lot. If you don't do this, um, and so it's a little bit harder for you to go back and look at what was going on during times of overwhelm, I highly suggest starting that practice for the next year. So just keeping a either digital or paper, whatever works for you, kind of place where all of your appointments live, where you can look back and kind of scroll through or flip through month to month and see what was going on at that time. And the reason that I avoid this in the past, or I have avoided this in the past, is because I have a lot of feelings about what was going on at any certain time of the year. And And those feelings have prevented me from really identifying the truth of what was happening at that time. And it's, it's definitely human nature to want to avoid any kind of like pain point or any kind of like struggle or anytime you felt overwhelmed, you just kind of don't want to relive it. And you might even have feelings of failure or feelings of imposter syndrome or whatever feelings that you've associated with that time of year. But this beautiful thing happens when you actually go through and look back back at those times with the facts of what are going on. And you, you kind of realize like, oh, the data here is telling me that while I may have felt overwhelmed and I have, may have felt like I was failing or like I was dropping the ball, 
the fact is I'm looking at this month you know, let's call, let's say like you had a hard April and you remember feeling really overwhelmed, like you were drowning in April. And then you look at April and you're like, I served so many clients. I launched this brand new offering. I put so much work in here that paid off later, but I couldn't even identify that those successes had happened beyond the feelings that I had surrounding it. So that's a little bit of a mindset shift there for you to uh, encourage you to like, if you feel like, you don't want to take a look back, I would encourage you to fight through that feeling and actually look back at month to month, what the facts were, what was actually happening and how you felt about it and kind of see where things align and where things are maybe misremembered or overwhelmed in that feeling. So what I do is I look back at my calendar month to month and I see kind of the things that I've honestly accomplished. And this is really an exciting thing to do because you will probably find that there are a lot of things that you did that you maybe forgot that you did. I know that when I was doing my year-end audit, I looked back at January and completely forgot that I hosted a conference. Like I hosted a virtual conference. It was my first one ever. And it was such a success in terms of bringing amazing content to amazing people and being able to really pour into my community. And I forgot that amazing accomplishment that my team and I had put together. So looking back on the calendar, I was able to really relish in that and like just, you know, celebrate that accomplishment that I basically disregarded because of maybe the feelings a couple months down the line of overwhelm. So I look back at my calendar and that really helps me set my goals for the next year based upon those times of overwhelm and what was happening around them. So for example, if I had a really, really hectic June, I can look at June on my calendar and say, wow, I really took on way too many clients in June. I've got to learn to cap my client roster at maybe, you know, 60% of what I took during June. And that will likely help those feelings of overwhelm, which leads me to my third thing that I'm going to encourage you to audit. And that is your finances, because if I'm going to cut my client roster by 60%, I'm going to have to look at my finances and see Am I able to do that and still maintain the same profit? Am I going to be able to do that and still take care of my team and my household? Well, let's figure that out. And the way that I figure that out is by auditing my previous year's finances. Now, as I dive into this third thing that I want you to start thinking through auditing, I'm going to be like completely transparent. I mean, as per usual and let you know, I have had my ups and downs of being on top of finances and being really aware of my money, where it's coming in, where it's going out and how it can improve. And I want to put this PSA out there for you guys. This year in 2021, I switched from one CPA who I've worked with for years to a new CPA and bookkeeper who specifically works with creative entrepreneurs. And wow, the difference is insane. I really enjoyed my CPA when I was working with him over the past few years, but I noticed that I needed a little bit more like hands-on help. I needed more eyes on my finances. And I specifically wanted somebody who works in the same industry that I do and who understands that I do a lot of different things. And those different things that I do that bring in money and revenue they are not things that every single CPA and bookkeeper is going to be familiar with. And so 
I made that switch. I made that investment in my business. And I have to say it has been worth it tenfold. It's just been amazing to have somebody who can look at what I'm bringing in, tell me where it's coming in, tell me where it could be changed and even help me kind of be strategic in the way that I approach my finances. So I would encourage you if you're not at the point of getting a bookkeeper or someone to be in your business at all times, using a program like QuickBooks, which you can find links to like all of the things that I use in the show notes or at laylimadi.com slash resources. But I use QuickBooks and you can pull reports for yourself. You can take a really good look at where your money is coming in by category. If you're a multi-passionate entrepreneur and creative like I am, you can see which categories are bringing in how much of your revenue. And when you're setting goals for the next year, you can reverse engineer those goals financially into actual numbers and it will make it feel, I think, so much more attainable. So for example, let's say you are a graphic designer who launched their shop last year, maybe launched a shop in 2021 with a few digital products in it, maybe a mini course or something is in there. And you're looking at your reports and you're wondering, okay, how do I take on less one-to-one clients and how much do I need to bring in through my shop, through my courses and the new things that I'm offering in order to offset the cut that I'm going to take by scaling back my one-to-one design clients or whatever it is that you want to scale back on, you need to be able to probably replace or you know, bring in even more revenue in order to scale back in certain areas. And it is so empowering to be able to look at the actual numbers and put aside again, just like in the second thing we talked about with the calendar, put aside all your feelings around it and be able to see like, oh, this number I need to bring in, I can divide that by how many digital products I need to sell or how many course students I need to bring in or how many, whatever it is that you do in order to replace, let's say like 20% of your one-to-one clients. And by looking at it in actual numbers, you can see the goal setting is much clearer and it's much less surrounded in feelings. Now I will say, I truly believe that feelings have a place in goal setting. I think you should be excited about what you're doing. I think you should feel like it's something that just gets you really hyped to continue on your entrepreneurship journey. But I think at the end of the day, it is extremely empowering to be able to take any kind of negative feeling like self-doubt and replace that with like, oh, these are actual numbers I need to bring in and they actually look attainable to me. And if they don't look attainable to you, that's kind of another story, but that even tells its own story as well of, okay, that seems unattainable for this year. I feel like maybe that could be my best goal, you know, good, better, best. Maybe that's the best goal. Maybe I can set a little bit more realistic goals for this coming year. And then this could be my goal for two years from now or whatever it is. It's just really nice to be able to get a grasp of where your money is coming in, where your money is going out, and reevaluating those things as needed. I also really like to look at where the money is going out. So if you're spending a ton, if you've got a, like a lot of overhead going on and you're not really sure where, this is a great time to analyze like, Am I paying for things I'm not using or did I invest maybe too much in education this year? I actually did that this year. That was a conversation my bookkeeper and I had because I went hard into education this year in terms of investing in myself and my business. And I mean like 
I I spent a ridiculous amount. And if you listen to the podcast regularly, you've heard me say I made a really big mistake in one of those investments, which is fine. I learned from it. All things worked out. It's all okay. But looking at the year at a whole, I'm seeing like a, a huge number and I'm thinking, okay, so next year I probably need to, you know, spend maybe 40% of what I spent this year on education. Um, or maybe I'm looking and I'm thinking, wow, those subscriptions that are maybe like 10 or $20 a month sure did add up to like thousand dollars a month. What am I, what am I able to cut out or what am I able to, you know, offload so that I don't have to waste that kind of money. I have a small team, so I get to look at, you know, what am I outsourcing and what can I outsource or what should I give to my team you know, whatever it is, it's just really nice to have a grasp of your finances. So I hope that this has been helpful, but I really just want to get your wheels turning on, you know, evaluating just even those three things and auditing your year before you set big goals for the next year to come. So I love goal setting. Like I said before, I share a lot about how I set up my schedule for success and how I do a lot of my goal setting. I have a lot of resources about that on my website. You can just go to laylimadi.com slash shop or slash resources. I've got stuff in both places and hopefully all of that will help you guys as well. But I really would encourage you to do that year-end audit before or even after. If you've already started setting goals, go ahead and audit your last year anyway, and maybe tweak your goals after you are able to identify some patterns that either you want to break or that you want to continue and really double down on. So I hope this was helpful. And as always, I'm cheering you on. I do have a quick favor to ask if you enjoyed this episode, or if you're a regular listener and you have never left a review, I would love to encourage you to go and leave a review where you listen to podcasts. If it's on Spotify, you can leave a rating. If it's on Apple podcasts, you can leave a rating. And I love reading your reviews that you actually write. And I really appreciate it. And if nothing else, share this with an entrepreneur friend. It definitely means the world when I get a new listener who I know is being helped by this content that we put together for you guys. So thank you so much. And again, as always, I'm cheering you on and I will see you guys in the new year. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to so here's the thing podcast.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.